invite you to turn in your copy of God's Word to 1 Corinthians, the 16th chapter. As we continue in our series face-to-face, this is our final installment, and how appropriate would it be on Father's Day as we continue to talk about building relationships that matter, cultivating genuine relationships. And if you've been with us through this series, you know that we began this series on May 8th with Mother's Day, and we talked about the relationship between a mother and a child. And then we looked at the relationship between spouses, husbands and wives. Then we looked at relationships between friends and how we are to interact. And we looked at relationships between children and their parents. And then we looked at our relationship with ourselves and how we see ourselves and challenge to see ourselves as God sees us. Well, on this Sunday, we want to look at relationships, particularly uh, relationships from a father to a child and and from father to children, I should say. Uh, And I say that because God has blessed us with great fathers. And I want to thank God for all the fathers in here. Would you help me thank God for the fathers one more time as we affirm you and we celebrate uh, what God has done and is doing through you. Uh, we're just so grateful for each and every one of you. And I want to hear, you affir- hear, hear me affirm you and thanking God for you. Now, on May 8th, we talked about lessons learned, or lessons from a godly mother. And today, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we'll talk about lessons learned from a godly man. So I hope you've made your way there in 1 Corinthians, the 16th chapter, where the Holy Spirit has empowered um, the Apostle Paul to pen these, these words, and we're looking at the 13th and 14th verse of the 16th chapter. I just want you to hear as he concludes this letter, as we're concluding our series together, listen to what he says. He wrote, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. That's it. He says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, and let all that you do be done in love. With the help of Spirit, we're going to look at this in terms of lessons from a godly man. Uh, because, you know, the world benefits when men of God model godliness before others. That families benefit. That, that our nation benefits when godly men stand up and be who God has called us to be, how he's created us to be. And we ought to appreciate the godly men in our lives, those who have uh, stood up for the call of duty, those who were inclined to not turn away but to stand there. And I want to get you some, some statistics on the benefits of a man a godly man being in the house. For the statistics have gone out already. I think I, I got that to our media team. Has already gone out as it relates to the effects of when a man is not in the home, when a father figure is not in the home, when a, when a grandfather or a father mentor is not in the home, how it impacts the home how it increases uh, the criminality of young people when a, pa- a father figure is not in the home. When a father figure is not in a home, oftentimes we see that individuals, um, both male and female, uh, they reduce, they're reduced in their graduation rates. When a father is not in the home, it impacts the house in a negative way. However, contrary, when a father is in the home, there's a blessing in the home. And we thank God for the fathers who are still with us and, and who care enough to pour into the next generation. 
For all of us have benefited from someone pouring into us. Now, you're looking at this text, and you're wondering, well, Pastor, how, how does this apply? Well, you have to understand the context of this text, where Paul is writing out of concern for believers. He's writing in concern for those who, who have proclaimed Christ as their Lord and Savior and are striving to live their lives under the Lordship of Christ. He's writing to them. And as a caring father, he pens those words. As a caring father, he writes uh, for them to be watchful. As a caring father, he tells them to stand firm. Because right there in the fourth chapter of the same book, 1 Corinthians, right at the 14th verse, listen to what he writes. He says, I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers, for I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. He is writing to the believers from the posture and perspective of a father, a father who is commissioned and sent by God to make a difference in the lives of others. And as we conclude our relationship series, I want to challenge you uh, to really value the relationships that God has allowed you to have. Because God-given relationships are worth growing. And it takes intentionality. To grow in relationship, it takes intentionality. It takes you putting in the work to be and to celebrate and to value what God has brought together in terms of relationships that will grow you. Because if you've been with us long enough, you've heard me say it, and I'll say it now, that we were, we were made to be in relationships. And one of the most valuable relationships you can find is a relationship between a father and their children. It's, and, and listen, um, mothers, you had your turn, okay? I, on, on, let's go ahead and put that out there. Uh, we, we talked about moms, and we celebrated moms, uh, but today we want to celebrate dads. Um, and just so grateful, and, I, and, I, and I'm so grateful to be a part of that company because one of the greatest blessings of my life is being a father. And I'm not the only one in here. I know there's some fathers in here uh, and who are listening online. And you can say, listen, it's been a great blessing in my life to be, to be a dad. And so Paul writes this uh, with a, a, a fatherly heart. He, he pins this um, exhortation to believers, uh, as, and he looks upon them as his children. And look at what he says. He says for them, first of all, he tells the believers, he says, be watchful. This is the first lesson you want to gain from the text, is that he's calling us to be alert, to, to pay attention, to watch what's around us. Um, to, to be aware, cognizant of what's in, the, in our midst, that, that we are able, Jason, to, to see what's happening around us. I, I told you I enjoy being a father. That, that's the truth. It is one of the most rewarding um, experiences of my life. I, I am grateful that God has given me the blessed privilege to be able to pour into lives. And many of you who are grandfathers, godfathers, father, like you, you know what I'm talking about. Those of you who are, who are walking in the vein of father, you know what I'm talking about. But perhaps you had this experience as well. But I, I know my experience, Bell, because, you see, as a father, it fell to my lot to teach my sons how to drive. You don't understand. You, you, 
You'd understand if, you, if, if that was your experience. But, but there I was, and I, I was teaching them, Kimberly, how, how to drive. And, and oftentimes I had to tell them, you know, it's important for you to be watchful as you're behind the wheel. I told them that to be watchful, to watch out for what lane they were in and make sure they abide by all the traffic signs and, and make sure they abide by the speed limit. And to their credit, they, they did just that. They, they watched the speed limits and they watched what lanes they were driving in and they were trying to adhere to all the responsible things a driver should do behind the wheel. But it took me a while to teach them one of the greatest lessons in terms of being watchful. I told them, don't only watch for what you're supposed to be doing, but watch for what the other drivers are doing. You know why? Because this is Texas. <laughs> and you ought to watch out for, for the other drivers. Listen to what Paul pens as he, he talks to the believers from a, a father's perspective. He says, listen, be watchful. Pay attention to what's around you because everything around you is not around you to benefit you. I hope you're with me here. Uh, we're mindful of this in 1 Peter, the fifth chapter, where Peter tells us, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And the Corinthian believers were in that kind of place, Fred. They, they were in a place, in a context, in a community that, were, that was antithetical, Alan, against the things of Christ. They were in a, a pagan society that didn't want anything to do with Christ, and so they were, were always pushing against Christ and those who followed Christ. This is where they were living in. This is where they were witnessing in. And the Word of God tells them in the midst of their situation where they are that they have to be watchful. Somebody say, pay attention. You have to pay attention because there's an enemy that is around you that doesn't want you to be all that God has called you to be. There's an enemy who wants to destroy your relationships, wants to come in and to kill, steal, and tear apart what God has brought together. And you have to be mindful as believers to hold fast to your relationship and see what the enemy is trying to do so you can pick it out when he tries to do it to you. Hold on, you missed me already. Let me help you for a moment. Am I going too fast? Um, I just get excited sometimes when I talk about the truth. I know some of you, is your first time here, and you're like, whoa, will he ever slow down? Will he ever slow down? I just get excited about this because really when you open the book, this is good news. Uh, and good news ought to be said in a good way. I don't know any good news that shouldn't be celebrated when you, when you talk about it. And, and so here it is. Uh, he's, he's telling them to be watchful because there's an enemy that wants to destroy. But Alice, I want to remind us that not only should we be watchful of what the enemy tactics and schemes are, but when you're watchful, make sure you're paying attention to what God is doing. Make sure you're looking around, that you're not hyper-focusing on all that is wrong in life and all the circumstances that are negative in life or what people aren't doing, and turn around and see what God is doing, who he's using to do it through, and bless God for the good things that God is doing, because God always does greater than the enemy could ever do. Because the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Christ said, I came that you might have life. Somebody know this, and have it more abundantly. You ought to celebrate God for being able to bring you life. And every day you live, you ought to look around and say, you know what? In the midst of the brokenness of our society, in the midst of all the broken relationships, God has continued to bless my life. Am I the only one in here who can celebrate that God has been blessing me over and over and over and over again? He keeps on blessing me. He says, be, be watchful. I don't want to say be watchful. He says, uh, if you didn't close your Bible, he says, stand firm. Right. Stand firm. He says, don't, 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 don't wobble. 
Oh, don't, don't, I, 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 know, I know that's a song. Isn't that a song, you know? You know. No, I, I won't do it right now. I won't do it right now. Uh, uh, I'm tempted, though. I'm tempted to do it. I, I, I'm tempted to do it. I'm tempted to do it. Wow, baby. Okay, anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he says, he says no, no, when it comes down to the faith, when it comes down to what we believe, when it comes down to what you've experienced with God, Peggy, when it comes down to what God has been doing in your life and how he's been keeping you and watching out for you and caring for you, when it comes down to God's activity in your life, he says, stand firm in that. He says, when it comes down to God's faithfulness, has God has proven himself that he loves you, cares for you, will watch out for you, will pick you up when you fall down. Has God done that for you? Have God watched out for you? Has God uh, looked out for you? Has God provided for you? Has God lifted you up when you got weak? Has God went into your situation and given you strength? Has God been there for you? Has God brought blessings to you? He says, well, if God has done that for you, stand firm in your faith. Because the same God who blessed you last year and the same God who carried you the year before that and the same God who was with you when you weren't even looking for him is the same God who is with you today. Because the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and, and forevermore. He is with you. And so you can stand firm in the midst of all the distractions. Because if you've been living in this world long enough, you know that there's been some distractions. There have been some things that try to take your mind off of God. There have been some situations that try to uh, get your, your attention from God. He says, yes, be watchful and stand firm. So he's speaking now, when he was speaking of being watchful, he's talking about us being cognizant of, of what we're in the midst of. But when he's talking about standing firm, he's talking about having a conviction. A conviction in the midst of all of the, the distractions. I saw this just, just this week, uh, this Friday, actually, uh, as we were celebrating VBS. We had young kids all over this campus, and, and you might see some evidence of them being here. Uh, you, might, you might see that if you look closely around, but they were everywhere, and we thank God, as Pastor Brett said, we, we thank God for, for the decisions that were made and, and children falling in love with God and knowing that God loves them, and we were able to see it on display. Because not only were we teaching them the Word of God, but we were able to witness how God transformed the lives of children. And we, were, we baptized them. We baptized them on Friday. We baptized uh, Joshua and, and Blythe and, and Asher. And we, look, look at them, look at them right there. That's so good. <laughs> And, and, and when, when they were being baptized, I, 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 I was caught up because I know that there was a lot of celebration going on. I was here. There was a lot of celebration going on. And there, there were kids all over the place, and, and they were making all kinds of noise. But then what got my attention is that Blight and Asher kept their focus on their father figure. They kept their focus. Blight kept her focus on her grandfather. Asher kept his focus on his father, that they knew that when they got in that baptistry, they were standing firm on what they believed, and nothing would distract them. Come here, saints of God. I don't know what you're dealing with right now. I don't know what you're going through in life. But one thing I do know that you have a God who is stable enough to keep you, that you got to stand and fo focus on him. See him and know that he will keep you. Okay, I'm going to say it to you like my grandfather said it to me. He said, son, sometimes in life you will hit rock bottom. He said, but when you hit rock bottom, that's good for you because you realize that God is the rock that's on the bottom, that's been keeping you all this time. Stand firm, he says, in your faith. He said, be watchful, uh -uh. stand firm. 
Uh, I, I like this, this part right here, uh, that, that third part. You, you didn't quote your Bible, right? He, he says, he says uh, and, and act like men. It's, it's right there. He says, uh, yeah, you, you stand firm, but, but, but don't be infeminate about it. Don't, don't, uh, don't, don't be wavering. He says, it comes a time where you got you to gotta stand up and, and, and act like a man. I didn't say think like a man. I said um, act like a man. Uh, and some of you right now, you're looking at me like, wait, hold on now. Where, where are you going with this here? Um, it's right there in the text if you didn't tear it out because this is the English Standard Version where he says that, that there's an expectation that those who believe in God have something within them, a core character within them that allows them to, um, to be manly, uh, to be mature. Some of your translations would say it like this. To be courageous. That's really what he's talking about. He's not talking about uh, taking on the, the posture or the disposition or for everybody to walk like a man or drop your voice in a lower register so that you can sound like a man. No, that's not what he's talking about. He's saying, listen, when you are believing in Christ and standing on faith and you're watchful and you know that God is watching out for you, you ought to live your life with a level of courage that, that others know that God is with you, that God is for you. It's, it's courage in the midst of danger. For the believers in this text were being martyred. They were being killed for their faith. They were imprisoned for their faith. And look what he writes. He says, but listen, when, when danger comes, don't cower. When danger comes, don't, 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 don't allow it to cause you to, to, to dwindle or, or to become weary. No, you stand up with courage knowing that you're not standing by yourself. Okay, I thought I'd bring my own witness here, Anthony, because they're not getting me just yet here. I'm thinking about Hananiah, Meshach, and Azariah there in Daniel chapter 3. Uh, you, you know them by, by the Babylonian name, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're standing in front of a king who wants to take their lives out and tell them to do something that's immoral, to bow down and worship to a golden statue. And I love what the boys said. These three teenage boys look at the king and King James Version. They said, oh, king, Isaiah, he said, oh, king, we're not careful to answer you in this matter. No, no, the, the God we serve is able to deliver us. Look at the courage. But if he doesn't, Mm, if we had some time, we still will not bow down to you, O king. It's, it's that courage that Daniel had in the lion's den where, where he's thrown in because of what he believes, but the God he's believe, he believes in is able to keep the lion's mouth closed. Come here, saints of God. The reason you can be courageous, the reason you can stand with courage is because when you believe in God, when you're following God, when you are a child of God, you have the assurance that you're not standing by yourself. That God is able to, to hold you up no matter what's coming against you. And some of us, if we're honest, some fellas, I, I get it. I've, I've, been, I've been living uh, this for a long time now. Um, I, I've been a father for a little while. I got, got, got a little experience under my belt. Now, I know there's some things that will come against you. Sometimes society will, will, will not give you the credit that you deserve, and there are those who will never affirm you for the gift that you are. But I want you to hear me well that God has called you to this position. God has equipped you to do what God has called you to do. And whenever you're going through, you just stand. What he says in Ephesians, he said, put on the whole armor of God that you might withstand the wild of the devil and when you've done all to stand he says you some of you know the word. He says, you, you stand. You stand when, when the going gets tough. You stand when things are coming against you. Chuck, you stand. If no one else is going to stand, you stand because you know that when you stand for God, I feel it here, God will stand for you. Uh, not only did he say stand firm in the faith, uh, he says act like men, and this is to be, be, have courage. 
Um, this is the same thing we see in, in Joshua, where he then tells them not only to act like men, taking courage, but to be strong. Somebody say, be strong. It means, it means then that you have to realize that when the Spirit of God is within you, there's a power and a strength that God gives you that the world cannot overcome, that nothing can take from you, that when God is your Father, when you are following Him, the Spirit of God is within you, and He will empower you to do what God has called you to do so that even when you grow weary, He will renew your strength. God is able to do that. He says, be strong. It's what He told Joshua when Joshua was leading the children of Israel into the promised land. God told Joshua, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You ought to write that down in the margins of your Bible, Joshua 1, 9, that the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So you can be strong. Uh, Paul writes this, Paul writes this, and his spiritual son in ministry was Timothy. If you know anything about Timothy, you know that, that in Timothy's um, resume, you have his grandmother and his mother who are followers of Christ. But there is no listing of his father. Scholars say that his father may have passed away by now. But I love what Timothy, what, what Paul writes Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 and 7. This is what he tells him. He says, listen, Timothy, uh, there's something about you that I see that is not coming from the Spirit of God that God gave you. He says, for God didn't give us a spirit of fear. He didn't give us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and King James says, a sound mind. Here, here it is. He said, listen, when you know you belong to God, you could stand with courage. You could face the dangers. I, I'm mindful because I told you I have three sons, and I have three sons, and I have my favorite daughter, um, but three sons and my favorite daughter. Don't look at me like that. You got a favorite daughter, too. You, you, you know what I'm saying? You got two favorite daughters. Um, I got my favorite daughter, um, and, 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 and I'm hurting right now, y'all. Can I, can I just be transparent? I'm going to be anyway. I mean, I got one person say, come on, but online, I'm going to be, I got the mic, all right? I got a little bit of time left here. Um, um, you know, but, but, but I, I'm so used to them being here, Bill, you know, and, uh, and, and they're all at the teenage camp thing, you know, but, but I'm, I'm feeling a certain way about that. I really am. I really am. You know, when your kids are not with you, you start reminiscing about when they were kids, and I, I'm just reminiscing a bit because I, I remember when, uh, when they wanted to go to the pool, uh, and they went to the pool, and there was, there was a high diving board on the pool. I, I remember that, and, and here I was. I, I, was in, I was in the deep end, you know. I was, I was wading in the water. I was telling them, hey, man, jump. Come on, come on. You can do it. Uh, get, get, come on, you can do it. You can do it. And, and, and I saw one of them get up. I'm going to say his name to protect the guilty, but I, I saw him, he got to the edge. He got to the edge of the diving board, and he looked, and then he, he's going back. I said, boy, don't you do that. Don't you make me ashamed. I, no, no, I didn't say it that way. <laughs> I said, no, no, son, no, no, you got to understand something, that, that you don't climb the steps. You, you got in the position. Now you got to follow it through. You don't, you don't just step up to something and don't follow it through. You don't turn your back. This is a father to his son, okay? Mama wasn't around. I had to say it the way I said it. I said, you don't turn your back on something. No, man, when you commit to it, you go all the way through. Boy, you better jump. That's how it went down. And, and, and he looked at me, and he, he looked down, he looked at me, he looked down. He said, he said oh, but I'm scared. I said, you better be more scared of me if you don't jump. 
I shouldn't tell y'all that. Uh, but, but it's the truth. It's the truth. And he jumped, and, and when he jumped and he dove in, we were able to enjoy that experience. And he said, Dad, I conquered my fear. Come here, saints of God. When you know God is in it with you, that he's even in the deep end with you, you can stand and be strong and jump and know that no matter where you jump, God still has you. That's why when you come to God, you got to go all in. You just got to say, you know what, God? I'm giving it all to you. I'm going all in. I don't know what's going to happen next, but all I know is that I can trust you and you will keep me. I'm done now because we're going to celebrate some baptism in just a moment. Uh, but he goes on to say, he says, be, be strong, be strong. So, so he says, be watchful. He says, stand firm. He says, act like a man. Be, be courageous. Be strong. And in all that you do, he says, uh, love. That's it right there. That everything you do, you do through the lenses of love. He reminds the believer that even when hatred is coming against you, that God has empowered you with the ability and the spirit to be able to love. That there's no one unlovable to the believer because you know that if God can love you, hold on, let me park for a moment here. You do know you, don't you? You know those things about you that, okay, y'all, y'all acting like y'all don't know here. Things about you that's not always lovable, and yet God loves you in spite of you, and he gives you the power to love others. Jimmy, he says for us to love as he has loved us. You do everything from the lens of love when you really know that God truly loves you. And that's really it. And so when you're in the midst of relationships and those relationships are being challenged and, they're, they're, and, and, and you're being watchful, but there's an enemy that's trying to destroy it. Listen, you have to remember to always operate in love. Always be forgiving. Always be kind. Always be gentle. Always be trusting. You ought to operate in love. Why? Because you've been a recipient of love. And anytime you experience love, it will remind you of the God who is love. I'm done now. Uh, the psalmist said it this way. He says, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. I invite you to stand all over the building if you can. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforest.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus, in person, on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.